Good evening, kings and queens. You are now tuned in to Bring Back Our Kings, the podcast, here on Blades One Radio. Good evening tonight. Special guest is Miss Dolly George Harris. She is the certified health coach and also the owner and co-founder of Give Voice to the Village, which is a Facebook group. Um, and it provides a safe space and it's completely no judgment. Um, it also provides a, a space where our people need to have certain conversations and, and share some of their vulnerability or open up uh, without getting judged. So uh, without further ado, um, let's go ahead and bring Miss Dolly George Harris in. And I'm so sorry I sound crazy saying Dolly George Harris. <laughs> just just say Dolly. It's all right. Dolly. We ain't got to do the whole government. <laughs> well, when you, well, when the audience looks looks you up on uh, social media, that's how you have your your information up there. So that's why I'm saying Dolly George Harris. And I don't want to just right. um, I just don't want to Dolly. It's a couple of Dollies on social media, so we got to give them the government to find you. Yeah, but there's only that's one true. me. That's <laughs> cool as well. That's cool as well. <laughs> Um, go ahead and, and introduce yourself to the audience and, and let them know more about, about what you bring to the table, what you bring to the world. Yes. So as Shana said, I am a certified health and life coach. So I'm a dual coach. I do both. Um, I did create a safe space for uh, people in general, but mainly people who look like us, us melanated people. Because we tend to have uh, difficulty communicating when we are going through things, right? Right. We have a difficulty communicating when we are angry, when we are sad, when we're in need of someone to just listen to us rant and invent and to really uh, lean on each other for support, right? Because sometimes people just, they get embarrassed. They don't want to say when they've gone through something and how it makes them feel, we sort of react to things as opposed as opposed to responding right so i just wanted to create a safe space for us to just say you know brother sister i, I need you right quick I, I i'm going through something i'm going through changes and i just right. need somebody to hear me out i need somebody to give me some good advice i need somebody to talk me off the ledge and that's why i um made it my mission to become a coach so that i can be a helping hand to um, people who have gone through those situations. I've gone through those situations. I've been down that road where I felt like I was by myself. I didn't have anyone to really talk to, anyone to understand what I was going through. But then once, you know, I lifted that veil and was able to see there's a lot of people going through the same thing I'm going through. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who felt depressed after having mm-hmm. a child or people who may have been in a relationship where there was infidelity and didn't know how to deal with it and, and didn't know how to communicate their frustration or how to turn that whole situation around. There's people who may have uh, acted vindictively towards someone out of uh, a past experience they had, right, 
and you just didn't realize how you've affected someone else's life. And now you want to turn that around and, and seek forgiveness, not just uh, for the other person, but mainly for yourself. So that's why um, I'm on this mission to, to help my folks. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Excellent. Um... Well, Dolly, I think I think um, the work you're doing is a blessing and we need more people like you. And I really appreciate it from the black community because it's very important. Like you said, you try to help us mainly because we have we, we have so much struggles. And unfortunately, we have an issue with expressing ourselves. Mm. You know, that's one of the big things, especially, you know, I give women a lot more credit because at least to some extent, y'all do express yourself, but sometimes y'all really have nobody to talk to or uh, to help deal with your issues and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It seems like when it comes to men, we we don't want to express it at all and then it explodes in our face and then we go out there and do something so extreme that you can't take back. And I think we need to start promoting mental health, but not to give medication, though. Life coaching and Amen. therapists, I think that's the way to go. A lot of stuff can be solved by just simple conversations, sometimes helping us reveal our issues and helping us. Or sometimes we need a life coach just for somebody to listen to us that's different from um, from the people that's around us that have biased opinions about us. Right. So, so let, let me tell you this right here. So the thing about... Um, the thing, the, the misconception that a lot of people have when it as it pertains to men, especially black men, is that you're emotionless, right? Women, oh, women, y'all full of emotion. Y'all just emotional creatures. Ain't that the thing? That's, a, that's the thing that, that goes around. We are emotional creatures, but it's not true. Men are emotional. That's I why <laughs> you have, yes, that's why it's so hard for you guys to communicate how you feel. So it comes out sometimes in rage. It comes out sometimes in silence where Absolutely. you just cut somebody off. You don't say nothing, right? Right, And you snap. It's, it, men just have to, um, they haven't been taught to embrace uh, mm -hmm. the emotions and to express them in a way where it's not destructive. Right? We haven't been taught to embrace that. We've been told or we've been taught per se to look as look down on a man when they express right. themselves. Um, or oh, when they crying, right? Right, when, when we crying. When younger, you I'm got like, your, boyfriend, your boyfriend crying. Can you believe it? He's crying all on my shoulder. Ew. Like, what? I'm like, God <laughs> gave us... Like, we, we are all created with tears, right? We all mm. are created with, with emotions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and Curtis wanted to get a little bit deeper into the science, which we will, but um, I think we need to we need to break that generational curse right there as far mm -hmm. as being a people where we can't be vulnerable to one another. That's um, right. I think that's yeah. very trust. We right. have to build trust as a community. We have to understand that first, first we have to come to grips with, Hey, this is something that I, that's learned behavior, right? Yeah. Things that we, that we do, things that we react to is because we learn that. And it's, and, and another thing that we have to understand is to hold our ancestors and our our um, elders accountable doesn't mean that we are uh, negating anything that they've done for us as far as raising us if they have done their job, right? Mm -hmm. They did the best that they could do. Us holding them accountable and saying, hey, you know, I wasn't taught how to receive love. 
right? Some people don't know how to receive love, so they just, you know, they 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 shy away from people. You know, right. when people give them props, they don't know how to receive that because it wasn't because they're so used to right, but they were so used to hearing, oh please, that ain't nothing. <laughs> love is right. a weak sense. Some people look at it. As a, like if a man shows love, like even to another man, just out of respect, like that's my brother right mm-hmm. there, good guy. They feel as though they're being weak, and we gotta get away from that whole idea of being weak because being strong is being able to deal with your feelings as well as the good ones and bad ones. So the problem with men, we express it to ourselves, but internally, and then sometimes. Because we don't have nobody to talk to about our feelings because we feel we weak if we talk to somebody about our issues, then we explode. That's why you see these guys yeah. he shot, he she right. did shooting, or he did something crazy. It's because a lot of these brothers out here running around doing a lot of craziness, they got a lot of anger build up. And mm, part yeah. of it is a lot of fatherless homes, a lot of homes where there's no fathers, um, no type of supervision, no big mamas no more. That's that thing that's the thing of the past. I remember when you had Big Mama that used to regulate the family. So even if their parent is not handling the business, Big Mama gonna handle that business. And even 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 when Big Mama was in the picture, right? We were still a people who didn't discuss their certain things. Yeah. We were shunned yeah. upon, like take it to Jesus, pray on it. You understand what I'm That's saying? Right. That's we what they did. We still was, I, I think that time was more worse than, than the time that we, the times that we are in right now, because we, we yeah. finally, uh, for a lot of us, we finally realized how to separate religion from God. We, 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 a lot of us are on our spiritual journey, which basically means we are seeking ourselves. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So right. we're, we're trying, we're, we're finding out the truth about everything. So I think now we're more accepting to to lean on one another, one another to have those conversations. But shit, when Big Mama was alive, please, uh, a lot of Big Mamas still had. You, you understand? Like, nah, you ain't. We ain't talking about that at the table. Nah, you you right. crying? You a you a punk? <laughs> you understand? Go do some uh-huh. push ups. Suck it up. My big mama was too tough. She was like, oh, you want to go out there and play? Well, eat all this food on this plate. I'm like, I don't want it. I'm a New Yorker <laughs> down south dealing with big mama. And you know us New Yorkers, we don't like to eat everything on our plate. We eat, we have nitpick on stuff and then throw it in the oh, corner. Oh, speak oh, for yourself, brother. Shit. What you talking about? I don't waste nothing. Shit. No, I'm just You ain't over 200 pounds for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> down south, they don't play that. They damn near eat the whole bone if they have to. They don't play that down south. Damn right. I took that. But you know what's funny is. Crazy. <laughs> Curtis, you, Curtis, you say that. That's funny. You know why? Because I literally was just talking to my husband about that. <laughs> that has been to our detriment to tell you, you better not waste no food. They're starving kids in Africa. Right. And it's like, and look what that look what that made us do. We eat ourselves into a coma. Like that's yep. literally yep. Right. we afraid to waste food. Do. Yo, and it's to our detriment. Diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, all of this stuff because we don't want to waste a little corner of food because we full. We gotta eat it. <laughs> we, we get in the diabetes and cancer because it it goes back to the roots. It goes back to the tradition where we think that soul food is is our food. Uh, is yes. If we eat if we eat a whole bowl unlimited unlimited bowls of vegetables and fruits, 
I mean, we'll pretty much be good. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're eating a whole bucket of chicken and 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 uh, whatever, whatever, y'all know what it is. But all the bad parts that <laughs> from the hoof to the yeah, all the parts that they chopped or whatever the case may be, then then that's the issue right there. So we just like you said, we gotta we gotta learn how to not blame ourselves, but we gotta learn how to to basically fall back take a deep breath and look at the mm-hmm. whole picture yeah, and understand, yeah. well, I'm doing this because I was taught this. Now, let me go ahead right. and look at the ancestors or look at, you know, and, and then it goes on and on and on, but we don't do that. We, I think we, we still point the finger. Mm-hmm. Um, we too- I still think that we, right, we're too, I think there's a lot of people are, are not humble. Yeah. Um, I I think instead of addressing the situation, um, a lot of people just don't. A lot of people still just don't mention anything at all and just keep it moving. But then when they get in these relationships, it 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 passes on into their relationship, and then they have children, and then then it continues. The saga continues. You just yeah. never see the cycle end. Because they're not addressing the root issue, which is you as an individual, and then digging deeper into who taught you this, yeah. this, this, um, these type of behaviors. Right, these beliefs, this way of thinking. Yeah. Right. It really does carry on with you. And the thing about being a, a health and a life coach is that we are masters of habit change. That is our main function. It's to find you to find out where what the pattern is and to help you disrupt that pattern. Yeah. Right. This is what you are used to doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So say I'm dealing with uh, someone who just uh, left the AA. Right. They was addicted to drugs, or alcohol, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have been on a sober path for three months. Right. But they need a coach to help them maintain sobriety. Why? Because they can fall back into old habits. What triggers you to constantly drink or binge or whatever it is that you're doing? I have to help you figure out what those triggers are in order to interrupt the pattern. So you won't repeat it again. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'll give you those tools to say, ah, I know what that is. I know what that is. See, I just got pissed off because X, Y, and Z said something to me. And now I I feel like I want to drink. So this is what I need to do. Right. Mm Right. That's that. I just that's it. I literally just give people tools to work their way around that so they don't have to repeat that pattern again. Yeah, and that and that's tough. I man. pretty much think that mm-hmm. yeah, that is tough. That is mm-hmm. tough. And it you gotta in order to seek help, you gotta you gotta say to yourself, it's time. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta be willing to to get help. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um that's yeah. the first that's the first step, I think, to any addiction, realizing that there's a problem. And then what are we going to do about the problem? How do we, how do we go forward in addressing it? But, but, um, so Dolly, how long have you been doing uh, health and life coaching? And, and with that being said, what, what was the reasoning for you to decide to, to do that as your career? Well, I started doing uh, coaching in August. That's when I became certified. I went to school. I started going to school around like, January 28th, I want to say. I made a promise to myself after my birthday, which is on January 19th. If y'all want to buy me something, I'm the same. But um, okay. <laughs> <I'm>, 
<laughs> you ten, I you mean... ten days before my son. You ten days before my son. <laughs> yes, from January babies. We right, honey. <laughs> but um, I made a promise to myself to stop sitting on my gifts. A friend of mine, mm. she told me um that she was taking some courses. I was interested. And then she explained to me um, why she's doing it. And she's like, hey, why you don't look into this? You should look into this. It's like right up your alley. At first, I was like, you know, I didn't really want to do it. I ain't going to lie. But, <laughs> but then as she explained what it was, I was like, oh, I do that anyway, like in real life. That's, That's you anyway. That's so, your gift. So why not? So then she was like, so look into it. So I started researching uh First of all, how many types of coaches there are? There's like 21 different types of coaches. Yeah. There. And mm. then I start, yeah. So then I started saying, like, what kind of coach would I be? Would I be like a relationship coach? Would I be like a business coach? You know, what was my passion? And I feel like health, because that's something I have struggled with for years. If you go back into my history on that Facebook, is- you will see endless posts. Of me either trying to kickbox and lose weight, me trying to work out and lose weight, all kinds of stuff you will see. I've been struggling with this for years and I've always like gained traction and actually did it and then fell right off. Right. It's so takes discipline. Right. So I know within me finding um, a good school that'll help me to coach other people, I had to go through that process myself first. I had to go through everything that I have that I'm going to be teaching people and the tools I'm going to be giving them. I had to be my first experiment. Nice. Well, that's why you that's why you're gonna be successful and that's why you're genuine in your approach. You understand? Right. That? Just just like everything that I do, it's it's based off of experiences, it's based off trials and tribulations. I wouldn't be able to genuinely or sincerely per se provide these gifts to other people if I haven't experience them myself at least we shouldn't be doing it um that way so that's dope i think mental health is very important like me per se when i was younger i had a lot of mental health issues as far as anger management problems and i got the help i need and as an older adult it got me it gave me um i'm more comfortable with dealing with my emotions now and i don't keep to myself and i have somebody i could find to if i have an issue and I think that a lot of brothers, we suffer from having that one good person that's going to have an unbiased opinion about you. Not because they know you, they're going to give you the best opinion. They're going to give you the opinion that you need and not the opinion that you want to hear. You know, yeah. it's, important. Right. it's like I got friends that help me keep my life in structure. And um, I think it's important for a lot of us to do it. But I guess when you, when you're ready, I could get, I, I wanted to get doge into the science why a lot of men, you know, a lot of people in this situation they are now, because things just got a lot worse. Like, you remember the 60s, we had um, a two-parent household. So a lot of people used to wonder, like, what yeah. changed? How it changed from a two-parent right. household to mo- uh, many households don't have um, a father in it or a mother in it, vice versa. And that was done by the system. It was by design. Not something right. that yes, that's we, we we have a lack of character moral issues and we just made so many bad choices and we just, you know, now as a fatherless household, no. 
the system is attacking us, and it's unfortunate that we in war, we don't even know we're in war, and that's the reason why we go through the things we go through. Because the, right. I mean, the only way things is going to get better on a master level, not individual, I know we got to affect individual, hit people here and there. We actually got to, this is the, the neighborhood needs to be changed. If you change the neighborhood, you're going to change the people eventually, their mindset. Because the mindset for most, not all, is due to what kind of elements they're exposed to in the neighborhood. So this is part of the issue that I've been trying to talk to young brothers here and there and try to put them on the right path. If they listen to me, you know, because I know that they have a, a short fuse nowadays. So if they listen to me, I think like right. you could do something different. Nobody never told you that with your with your drug dealing or whatever you're doing, you could be accounting. You could be an attorney. You could. There's a lot of skill sets you have. You right. count numbers fast. You work in the market. Mm-hmm. There's so much you could do, but nobody's telling them. And unfortunately, it's not like the '60s where you had um, um, the same people that was successful that was black was living in the same neighborhood as the poor people. So you got some poor young kids got an opportunity to see successful people that look like them going and doing and, and become and doing successful things so they got pictures of it now when people get money what they do they run out the hood and i don't blame them because the hood is bad you know you don't want to right. the hood right. out too. Right. but it's like we don't have I think, don't have that much examples it makes it is is a bad situation yeah. right right i i i i agree with you 99% and here's why <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I think it I think it starts with the home first, yes. right? And then it starts with the neighbor neighborhood. I think okay. I think your home, yourself, your individual circumstances have to be in order before you go out there and try to fix other people. We have to fix ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that. So that that would be the only that would be my only difference in, in what you're saying. And the problem just doesn't exist within manhood. It exists within womanhood, too. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, it's our community. You understand? We deal with the same issues, if not more, that the black male deals with. I say, I, say, um, I, I, so I think y'all deal, y'all deal with more. You know, y'all deal with much more. And the reason why... And, and, and like I said before, you ever look at a relationship, a man cheat on a woman, a woman could probably take him back and deal with it. But if you cheat on that man, he's so weak mentally that he can't handle it. He's going to end up leaving you. He cheat on men are weak. We're, we're, we're actually a lot weaker than women. Women handle, y'all can handle things much better than we could. You ever, and I'm not saying it's a fact, but from what I see, a lot of men can't handle the little stuff. But well, y'all women, I give y'all, I give y'all so much respect because y'all go through so much hell being a black woman working in an environment where it's male dominated. Then y'all deal with chauvinistic men and racist men and all types of elements involved. You know, right? Do you know what I think contributes to that though? What contributes to women being so forgiving in that manner is that women feel with their heart first before they think with their brain, yes. and men think with their brain before they feel what they. That's heart. true. And men are very visual. A woman at first is not going to think, oh my God, what was he doing with her in the bed? I wonder what kind of positions they was in. No, that's everyday <laughs> running for a man. For, a man, my, she had this man's 
dangling in her mouth. She did this. That's everything that's running through a man. They thinking that every position they done had this girl in and thinking that the dude doing everything that they was doing to, to their And female. Curtis, this is your opportunity that. to step up for the men, but FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth. That's fact. Y'all think visual stuff. Well, that's right. And then y'all put that into play. You're like, nope, nope, y'all gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Nope, I didn't do it. We ain't together no more. Saying before, the saying is that uh, a man likes a man focus on how a woman looks and a woman focus on what a man says. So it's like what he's hearing, what she's hearing is what she focuses on and what he's looking at is what he focuses on. And that dynamic just needs to change. But um, I'm not here to try to change the man's dynamic on how they view things. I'm just here to change their mindset so they can start making smarter decisions. And my, I'm more, I'm more and uh, looking at the environment more than anything because when you go to the suburbs, yeah, the suburbs they do the same amount of drugs as the people in the um poor neighborhoods. Yeah, the more, more. even more. I can even say that. I can even say more. <laughs> but what I will say, as far as the success rate, is much more higher than it is in the environment. And the reason why is because it's like you're in a jungle. So if you're in a jungle and y'all and y'all crabs trying to get out this one barrel, y'all gonna be stabbing each other's back naturally because y'all in a survival of fitness situation. And that's what something that the suburbs don't have. They have that in the hood. And if they can, like, for example, what's say if everybody in the hood is poor, but they all have the right mindset and they want to do the right thing. And it's 10,000 of them, but it's only 400 jobs. Somebody going to have to step on somebody's shoes to be able to, uh, um, for their kid to eat. Right, and that's how the system is designed for you to be for it to be a dog eat dog world, and it shouldn't have to be. And and, 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 and right, but we know this. We know this already. So why we why we not we progressing, but we not progressing enough. It's it's literally one or two things that 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 we allow to keep pushing us back. Nobody wants to we haven't gained the really want to put yet. in the work. See, everybody. One thing I learned with a lot, even when I said with a lot of different brothers and stuff, and I see the positive energy in them. It's all conversation, but when it comes to actually putting the work, because people know the work is hard. So when you start putting the work, they be like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I, I'm pro-black, yeah, I'm woke, I'm woke. But when it comes to actually doing the work, and sometimes you might require you to spend your own money, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Even if they're able and they're financial, they have a good, they have a good financial backing where they can afford to lose a few dollars to help their race, they're not going to do it. Right. We're we a society of individuals. Everybody's all about themselves. Yes. They make money. If you, if you, like, if you, if you today, tomorrow, you find another way to get money, instead of you telling me so, so I can eat too, and then my family can eat, and then I can tell them each one teach one type of thing, you're going to keep it to yourself because you just want to be on top. And that's the sickness of. Uh, and that's disgusting. <laughs> that's disgusting. We got to change that. That's, that's pretty much it. Let me tell you something. I ain't never been in a situation where I felt threatened by somebody else's success. Your success exactly. not yo, it, it means it's it does nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> if right. anything, it elevates me because I'm surrounding myself with people that's doing well. Fact. You understand? Yeah. When when I elevate Shayna or anybody else that I have on my platform, it's because that's out of pure love. I want to see you win. I don't I don't care if I get left behind or I'm a few steps behind you. I don't yeah. care. Right. You win is a win for me. Facts. Yes. I don't understand 
where where we got where we got that confused at. You understand what I'm saying? I don't. It's competition and it's baseless. You know why? Because society teaches us the lighter and brighter you are, the more beautiful mm -hmm. you are. It right. teaches us that if you're a more fit man, that you're more apt to get mm -hmm. this kind of job. It teaches us that if you have this amount of money, that means that you're qualified for X, Y, and Z. They don't teach you about the people that got the hunger to survive and to make it in this world. People that actually built this world. People that made it what it is. It's not the people that's rich. It's us. <laughs> The grinders, the hustlers, the dreamers and innovators, we have what it takes to create greatness. Everybody else is just sitting there waiting for, the, for them to collect their own coins from us, from us doing the work. We, for them. We, you know how they say, uh, sorry, you know how they say that successful people, um, they don't work for money. They, their money works for them. Yes. You know why their money's working for them? Because we're doing yeah. We're doing the work. I 100% agree with you, and you made a valid point. And I say that all the time. We 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 get exploited on a high rate. This these these rich people wouldn't succeed without us us inventing things, and so they could exploit it. We created so many things. Black inventors. We created the computer. We created the cell phone. We created the stoplight. We created the helicopter. We created so much stuff that's being used to. Yes, and we get and no credit on on when you look on. at it. And, and 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 out of respect of white people, I'm not trying to put them out there or any any. And I'm not trying to say anything in a crazy manner. I'm just saying you always see a white name behind it. But when you do when you dig deep and do the research, you see that it was a black inventor sold it to a white man because a black inventor wasn't allowed to really be a inventor where they could be public with it. At some point, we things changed. And then we was the knowledgeable on how to do it. Yeah, yeah, because they was the gatekeepers. It's like you have a skill, you have an art, but I'm the gatekeeper. In order to get past me, you have to give up your give up this and give up that. That's the same thing with the music industry. Why in the rap industry you got all these producers that don't even like rap, but they like the money. They know the money involved, <laughs> so they're gonna own your art. Yep. You know what I'm saying, and that and that's the issue. If we could take back, if we could take our skills and start creating things and and making and exploit ourselves, if if anybody can exploit, us, I'd rather be our own people doing this, our own people, so we can do better for ourselves instead of everybody coming along and and taking over what we what we made for you know made good things. I'm getting sick and tired of it. I see it so much, and it, it just got to change. Like, yeah, it does. Well, Dolly, um, to touch base on on your profession, what within your experience, what do you see as as the number one issue that our community, the melanated community, must talk about? What is the what is the number one thing that you keep running in during within your profession again? Pretty much, I feel like the number one thing that we as a community need to speak more about and in order to heal is our past trauma. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We have to be curious enough to uh, want to go back there to figure out what has created this pattern of behavior mm -hmm. that I now have, right? Where did it stem from? What happened to me in my childhood? Because believe it or not, a lot of things that we do as adults is a result, a direct result of things that we have went through in our childhood. There's some type of lesson that we learned along the way. 
based on some kind of traumatic event that happened to us. And because we didn't speak about it and we held it in, we just continue to move to move on in our life, repeating the same thing that we learned, right? Without a lesson being taught. You know how, um, say you did something, right? Your mom said, hey, don't be taking your fast tail outside and messing with them boys, right? <laughs> and you took your fast tail outside and started messing with them boys. And then something traumatic may have happened to you from messing with them boys, right? Yeah. And you never spoke about it. And because you never spoke about it, you never got to the root of the issue, one. You never understood what just happened to you. So you continue on relationships with dudes in that same toxic way. Wow. Right? Yep. You're not you're not really uh coming to grips with how this has really affected your life. Mm-hmm. Same thing with women, right? A lot of a lot of men, a lot of men who grow up to be bad husbands or fathers, they learn that from their mother. How you see your mom talk to your father or talk to the the man at the house, right? How they talk to you. Do they belittle you as a a child or do they uplift you? Do they teach you or do they scold you? It it, it all is all relevant to how you were raised. And unless we are willing to go back to that place and it's going to be painful, it's going to be things you don't want to revisit. There's a lot of things that we we have a lot of suppressed memories, right? Until somebody take you there and you like, damn, I went through that for real. And then when you start exploring that, you start recognizing that's why I do that. This is why I behave this way. This is why I talk out of turn when I'm speaking to this kind of person. This is why I'm triggered when this person walks in the room. You start really piecing things together. And once you do that, you're able to come to a place where you can find peace because now you can forgive that situation. Mm-hmm. And you can forgive yourself for being negligent to your own emotions and your own trauma. And then you could forgive your mother or whoever was involved just for your sake, not even for this. It's for your peace of mind. And then you can start learning a new way to go about things. You start forming your own, you start forming new beliefs around uh, the things that you do. So that way you could correct the behavior and it doesn't become repeated. Wow, that was awesome. I, I just took in a mouth. I just, I just took it in like, <laughs> you educated me as I'm like, wow. I see why you're laughing. That's why I'm so quiet back here. Y'all thought I disappeared. I'm sitting here with my notepad and my pen. I'm sitting there sinking it all in because I'm a, I'm a little recorder. So I'll, I'm going to have to regurgitate you one day, but I'm definitely going to mention your name. Time. I like to do that. I like to mention other people when they say things that make so much sense, but I also give them the credit for it. I hate to be a person that say things that I know they come from me and try to take credit. <laughs> I know everything. Nah, I'm definitely, I took it in. I'm like, okay, ooh, yeah. Yeah, nah, no, nobody knows anything, but I, I think, knows everything, excuse me, but I think we can learn from one another. Yes. We've all been We've all been uh, given a path and we, unfortunately, we not unfortunately, but we've gone down different roads and eventually we will meet at the at the location that we need to if we keep 
of the great work that we're doing. So I, I think Dolly and, and her profession is is so needed um, in in today's world more than ever. Imagine, I, I hate to hear people say, and excuse me if it's off topic a little bit, but I think I hate to hear people say that, oh, they can't wait for 2020 to end. You understand mm. what I'm saying? As if things will get better eventually. As soon as the clock strikes 12. <laughs> right. You understand? We have to be, we have to keep it real with ourselves. We have to, we have to look at this situation. So many people have lost their job. So many people have lost loved yep. ones. Um, and and a real man wants to be the provider of the family, mm-hmm. right? A real man. Right doesn't want to see his family struggling. You understand? Doesn't want to be borrowing anything. Doesn't want to ask for help. Because that's what they've been conditioned to do. And women too, for the most part, we don't want to ask for help because we're afraid of getting judged critical, critical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. excuse me. But I say that to say, I think that we are going to deal with more, we need to have more of these conversations more than ever because of what we're going to be dealing with after 2020 is over. Unemployment stops. Now these vaccinations are here. Um, <laughs> we, we, we got a chaotic presidency going on. There's a lot of things that are against us. Um, so I, I, it's so imperative for you, Dolly, to put those services out there and, and keep having these discussions because we got to talk about it. You understand? Yes, there's. I believe there's a higher being. There's a God. God exists. Ancestors exist. But right. you don't get you don't get that one on one conversation yep. right there. You understand? They put they put people in your life. They put things in your path in order to assist you with your journey. But you don't get the answers. You don't get a a, a physical conversation with someone right now. So I think again, and and I think. What's a plus for you is that you look like us. You're relatable. Amen to that. Yep. Um, <laughs> right. You're very, she's very raw, raw in her approach, mm-hmm. which is why I, I know she's going to be successful with, with anything that she does because it comes from her own experiences. But I wanted to piggyback a little bit because um, I was a little bit... Um, not aware that with life coaching, you don't necessarily deal with mental health. I know me and Curtis definitely wanted to have a conversation about mental health, but dog tell the audience and and ourselves again, why you don't particularly deal with mental health and and exactly what you touch based on, right? So when it comes to mental health, it is not considered good practice for a coach to take on um, something that they're not qualified for, like just for the sake of, hey, I want to make some extra money, even if this person doesn't need life coaching. I would have to, and as a coach, I have to do this, is suggest that you seek a psychologist, uh, counseling, um, psychiatry. That's basically not in my ministry. I can't tell you or diagnose you with any kind of mental uh, illness, so to speak. What I can do is once you seek those services is now help you to identify what triggers you have 
that triggers that whatever it is that you're going through, right? So say if someone has uh, has been diagnosed with like anxiety, right? Right. And um, there's only it only happens in certain situations. I can now help you figure out how to get around it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some people get anxiety, and um, it's it's due to uh, meeting new people, yeah. right? You get really nervous, and then you start sweating, and you got the bubble guts, and <laughs> <laughs> you know you just go right. break out yeah. in hives, and you go through the most just to meet a new person, and it's like, okay, now what is it about you meeting new people that is causing you to react this way? What do you think it is? Where did it stem from? What has worked for you in the past when you tried to get over the situation? What hasn't worked for you? You know, we, we start digging deeper. And then, like right. I said, it always ends up going back to childhood. There's always some weird stuff that happened when you was a kid and your mom's left you with some stranger that you just met that was her friend. Right. And weird, it's always, I'm That's- telling you, it always goes back That's to childhood. That's why I was Every when I talk to a lot of uh, therapists, I got a few friends of therapists, and I also had therapy myself. It's always childhood motivators that affects the cognitive development. So when you get older, you wonder why you you have fears of stuff or issues, and then when you speak to a therapist, they break down your childhood history, and you realize, wait a second, this is the experience I had. Like what you were saying, the experience they had when they was younger. Now you can overcome it because now you know what the problem is. Because sometimes we have so many subconscious motivators affecting us and we don't even know why we're doing it, but we're doing it. And that's why sometimes the proper help you need, you don't necessarily need a therapist. I think to me, in my opinion, because sometimes therapists don't really change anything. I think life coach, because life coach to me, I think is is better in some terms is that you're putting them on the right path. It's a difference, isn't it? Isn't it a different story? It's not like you're just revealing the skeletons in the closet if you're a therapist, but you're also putting them in the right position say, hey, this is where we can put you up here. This is where your goal is going to be, and I'm going to help you get to your goal. I'm going to coach you through it. Like you were saying with alcohol addiction and going through the sobriety, the 12-step program. I've been into one of those programs before because I had a friend of mine that was an alcoholic. So I went into the program for one week with him only to support him. And, and to some extent, I didn't really have an alcohol problem, but I think it could have led towards there if I didn't talk about my issues too. So it was kind of, because he thought I was just going there to support him only, but I said, yeah, I'm going to support you, but I know I got some internal issues that I'm going to work on. So I'm going to use this class to work on it. So I stayed there for at least one week and it was cool. It was cool. It was therapeutic. And from that point on, he got himself a sponsor and they worked together. And every now and then he had issues, life threat, you know, life issues. And I sit there and try to be there for him, helping him pick up the pieces when it fall apart. And right, yes, yes. and it's, it's very important. If you right. just got one thing I learned in life, you don't need that many friends. If you just have one good friend, <laughs> one good friend, hello, one good person, for sure. I think too many friends cause too many damn issues. <laughs> You're damn straight. Yeah, especially for my right. personality, I'm good on that. I've been there, done yeah. that. I don't want to do you know, that. and, and it's uh, and then then the jealousy too. It's like I don't I don't know what it is. But me, when I see brothers 
succeed and doing better, I almost feel as though I got I, I'm succeeding doing better with them. Like I just we made it together. That's the how the feeling I get the warm fuzzy right. feeling that brother succeeded. Right. But I hate the fact if I'm succeeding, they don't get that same feeling about me. They don't be like, yo, we did it, man. I it's like you gotta get out of the end of the that's crazy, but that no longer bothers me. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me too much. I and I only, I, I only say that because I've experienced it so much that I'm probably numb to it, or I just don't. Let me see how. I'm definitely not numb to it because I'll think about it. I think if I was numb, um, in regards to it, I wouldn't feel no type of emotion. Right. But I don't. I think I, I, I don't okay. focus on it as much as I used to. I'm I'm too busy yeah. loving the moments of the people and loving the people that support me. That's right. Like 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 yesterday I was like highly emotional. Um, you know, I, I did my own photo shoot, I did my own little brief video after uh, some trials and tribulations, but obviously it was meant for me to do it myself. You understand what I'm saying? But the outpouring of love and sales and sharing the posts and things of that nature, I was sitting in my living room like, damn, like this is surreal. So, you understand what I'm saying? So I get that so much that I don't focus or care mm-hmm. about those people you speak of, Curtis. I, I'm too busy showing love to the people that show love to yeah. me, if that makes sense. Right. And you know what's what's no, really you got it, crazy. you got it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Chris. Yeah. It's it's uh what's crazy is that that feeling, right? That Shana got from people supporting her, right? She said she cried, she was just so elated that so many people support her. Do you think people who are billionaires give a goddamn? About somebody supporting them, they're not. It's not even a thought to them. They're not crying. They're not getting emotional. That's how yeah. deprived we are of support. Right. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine one day sitting in your in, in your third living room in your mansion and thinking, "Hey, there was a day when I cried <laughs> when someone purchased my camera, mm-hmm. right?" But those people aren't the happiest. They're not. They're not. No. You know why? Because they didn't work for it. They was inherited. A lot of them inherited that money. They got right. lucky on a deal. They 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 uh bet their money on the right person, and that person got them what rich. You, <laughs> There's very few billionaires. What do you think about billion, these actors? Like you can think about it like this: right. all these actors got all this money, and you see them, you see them get caught doing all the craziest. Things. You're like, why they do that for? That's so stupid. It's because money doesn't. Right now, you're gonna look at money as as equivalent to your happiness. But when you get that money, you'll see that okay, for the moment you're gonna feel good. But it it, it only fills the void temporarily. It's like a temporary thing. And then after that, what's next? Now it's back to your same mentality where you're like, Dag, I don't feel so great. My mind is not too right. Because money doesn't replace. When they say money doesn't buy happiness or love, it's true. In the beginning, yeah, you get if somebody give me five hundred grand and say, "Yo, go enjoy yourself." I'm be excited. I'm balling out. But it's gonna come a time when I'm. 
Right. I'm like, I'm never going to be depressed more some suicidal shit like they be on. They no, Give me that no, money. No, <laughs> and that's because we come from a perspective where we don't have, right? So right. When, you, when you come from a place of not having that already or not having excess, right? You don't have the, 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 the life of excess. You see it differently. You like, man, you are bugging. Right. Completely bugging. <laughs> you got everything you can ask for them been around yeah. the world three times. And you're right. the depressed for what? Money should have <laughs> solved all of your problems. What you mean? And then they're right. seeing it like, but listen, I've been around the world three times. I still ain't found love. I, right. I don't board up every watch you can buy. I bought every Birkin bag, every Giuseppe shoe. I done had uh, the boat parties, mansion parties, all kind of stuff. And I'm still not happy. You know why? Because all of that money bought them fake yeah. love. They have no one around them that is real. Everybody that they have acquired in their life has been with them That's because true. they are rich. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't have genuine people around them. Not even the people they bought up yeah. from the gutter with them. They got cheerleaders. Yo, they have yes, that's what happened to R. Kelly. That's why he in the situation in now. You know why? Because he was so busy right. singing the panties off of girls. His man's in them saw that and was like, yo, whatever we can do to keep this train going, <laughs> keep it going. How is that? Right. Keep the party going. <laughs> now, now he's in that position that he is, and they all writing on him. Like, yeah, I Ain't knew about something? this thing from 1993 <laughs> and shit like this. Man, you just as guilty. Get your, get your house Negro coon ass off but you're right. television. You're absolutely right because my fiance said the same thing. She said all these people around him are just saying yes, 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 yes. They're not trying to check him. You need that one good friend mm-hmm. to check you like, yo, yes. nigga, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? But when you don't got that, you end up like R. Kelly. You end up like people like him. You need somebody to check you and not going to tolerate that stupidness yeah. that you're doing and put you in your place. You got to have one friend because sometimes we all get out of line. And if we don't have, every, if everybody's around us, not, and, and everybody's around us just agreeing with everything we do, then in behavior science, yeah, behavior either go left or go right. So if it doesn't get checked, it keeps on going worse and worse and worse until it gets checked. So in his case, he has behavior to get checked. That's right. I was, I was listening to um, Drink Champs the other day. And Waka Flocka was on there, right? And he said um, he have an uncle or somebody. He was he had came back to New York, and it was driving, and Waka mm. ran a red light. And his uncle was like, "Yo, yo, 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 stop the car, stop the car." He was like, "Yo, what happened?" He was like, "Stop the car." He told Waka, he was like, "Yo, don't you ever fucking yep. do no shit like that again." You telling me you done got that goddamn famous that you feel like you could be running red lights, niggas? You crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. We ain't untouchable. Yo, and he he had to bring him back to reality. Like, bro, this ain't that kind of party. <laughs> like, you 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 trying to right. be in this for the long haul? You want to have this shit stop short? So he he could have took that two different ways. He could have took it like, nigga, get out my face. I got money. He's a bum. Get out my car. But he took it as, yo, he right. I was bugging. And that's that's my OG. He looking out for me. And that's the, not only the people that we need, yes. but that's the mindset we have to have. Don't right. get so far out that you feel like, oh, now that I got my little bit of money, can't nobody tell me nothing. You're not above the law. You know why? Because you don't have the ability 
to take your life as fast as God That's can it. in an instant. Something can happen to right. you, and you won't even you ain't even expecting it. You be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, a refrigerator falls out the sky. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I can contest you know, it. Listen. Air condition almost killed me, have... so I can contest to that. I'm thinking about <laughs> finances, and next thing you know, air conditioner right. missed me by like, like maybe two feet. So I could die easily. Yep, right in the hood, Ooh, it man. fell out the window. Yep. So absolutely right. You don't know when your numbers call, and and that's why I say it's very important. It's very important sure to like really get your mind right. We all, we all, you know, I hate when they they talk about the soldiers how they suffer from mental illness. But what about the people in the hood? The trauma that we seen, the bodies we seen. I seen my friend mm. shot in front of me when right. I was a kid. I told my head exploded. I seen mm. that as a kid. That trauma we go through. And that's considered normal in the hood. Shootings, somebody gets set on fire. And the trauma we go through, it never, you know, we don't promote mental health, so it doesn't get it doesn't get checked. And that's why some of us grow up to be animals. And then it ain't no supervision in the house. So the father gone or yeah. mom gone or whatever. Remember in the 90s, they locking up whole parents. Their parents, mother and father going to jail. Kid going to force yep. a kid get molested. It's it's, right. it's, it's sickening. That's right. It's crazy. The hood, the hood is traumatized, period. And and uh, we we haven't addressed the things that we need to address. And and now we see this this young generation, right? from, I want to say from like 13 to 20 mm-hmm. per se, they are, at least the ones that we see, right? They are, yep. they're fearful. They don't fear anything. You can't speak to them um, about anything. They are quick to yep. take out a gun and kill you. Um, it's, it's as if a lot of them just don't care yep. about their lives. Um and and I'm kind of <laughs> I'm I'm lost for words explaining them because I truly don't understand where that comes from. Because a lot of a lot of their parents are our parents. You understand? A lot of our parents had a younger sim- sibling, maybe five or ten years mm-hmm. younger than us. So now that's their age group. You understand what I'm saying? So. How did we become who we are? And then we look at them and like, damn, what the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying all that exists, but it's a lot of that. I'm old old enough to have a 20-year-old. So, I mean, looking at it from my perspective, being in the 90s, I remember a lot of my friends didn't have their parents. They was locked up. Some of their parents was um, uh, drug addicts. Um, Some of my friends was crack babies. They, They grew up in the crack era, so they was just all messed up in general. So it's like, that era, think about that era being so messed up with the drug games in the 90s. I mean, the 80s and 90s. That's definitely going to affect us right now in the 20s. Right. So what's happening right now is a, is a reaction from the past. Because we had a messed up era with the war, the war supposedly war on drugs and people going after Joe Biden about wars and drugs. But it was pastors and a lot of other people because they didn't know what to do about this crack uh, situation. So it was pastors begging the government to intervene and do right. something about the situation. It wasn't just Biden. Biden wrote the bill, but a lot of people signed up on it. A lot of community leaders and everything in our neighborhoods because they didn't know how to contain this situation. 
And we know that these drugs didn't come from us. It was given to us, and unfortunately, we moved it. Right. We moved it. Some of us used it to get out of our reality. Some of us sold it to put bread and butter on the table. Whatever reason we use it for, it just messed us up as a people. And the only reason why it became yep. war on drugs is when it started affecting the white neighborhood a lot. It's sad. Only when things affect their neighborhood, then yep. they'll do something about our situation. But they, you know, I still have friends that's locked up right now off the um off of the 94 crime bill. Ain't that something? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. And got whole yeah. murderers walking in yeah. the street. You know? It, and it, it, I, I ain't gonna lie, man. The other day, I just, like, cried. Just, like, why we can't, you know, why people just can't look out for us and, and, and love us, man? Because we so loving. Black people, no matter what we go through or the situations we go through, we the most loving people in the world. You could kill our family member. You hear about saying, oh, we Yo. forgive you. You never hear that from white folks, and I'm not trying to put it as. But we. You won't hear it from me. Not me either. I, I don't got that much forgiveness in my heart. To be honest, I'm a, I'm a repeat. But and the reality is that people like us. But the crazy thing is, you can find people like people in general that looks like us to do things like that. I'll forgive you. With the shooting with Dell and Roof, those family they forgive. Them. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. You can't find that with other races. They're like, hell no. Lynch them, burn the whole family, burn the kids too. But with us, we so forgiven as a people. It's it's sickening, you know? We, let me, let me, let me add on to that. We're so forgiving as a people to everybody else, but I don't really think that we're forgiving. No, no, no. I I didn't say you do you do you see how many times we cancel each other? Yo, over out? the dumbest, <laughs> over the dumbest <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's a hundred, a hundred. You seen me yesterday get out? You seen me recently get outraged with the whole Ashanti and the the, the Keisha Cole battle? So many people, <laughs> our people, right? Can't and I fucking Ashanti. hate to say our. I fucking hate to say our people because they was like, uh, the vast majority of people was like, she was lying because oh she was scared. She was lying about her COVID-19 <laughs> diagnosis because she was scared. Oh, no, no, I'm just joking. but I, I... And Ashanti is canceled because she got COVID-19 and she canceled the concert. Motherfuckers, this was Instagram. <laughs> I'm just saying. If she ain't going to the hospital, how bad is her COVID? No, I'm just playing. Don't listen to me. I'm just joking. <laughs> Yo, you about to get punched through this goddamn connection. That's what... So what we see it over and over. They can't. They, they we had this whole discussion on the podcast about cancel. They was canceling out, out Ice Cube. They canceled hey, out man, Kanye West. The, so the, list, the, list, the list goes on and on and on. One Let's thing that white other. people don't do is if one of the people in their community fuck up, they do what they do to to to, to handle the situation and, and sweep it's it under, under the rug. Yo, it's under listen, and this is what this is why we have to learn uh how to be uh we have to learn all the discretion, right? Yeah. Stop putting each other on yes. blast in front of other people. Handle each That's other. That's why we don't want to talk about things. Son, listen, in public, you better have yes. my back like a motherfucker. You hear me? But in right. private, bust me upside my goddamn head. Bitch, what you think? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta let 
Listen, it's nothing wrong with checking people. Real Something talk. All in how yeah. you do right. it. I agree. Uh-huh. Check each right. other. But don't do it in a way in where you are now belittling your brother and, and, and demonizing your sister for everybody to witness. And then you putting them out there to be a bad person. People are not always bad people. They just have bad ideas. <laughs> they have bad bad points. And points. Yes, it's, it don't make them a bad person because they think differently than you. That don't make them a bad person. That's cool. We just see things differently. You know, we have different ways of going about saying things. I'm right. not gonna cancel you because I don't agree with you. Now, if you disrespect me, now, now I will say I will say some <laughs> right. people need to be canceled though. Right, you some people you gotta cancel though. <laughs> you gotta cancel a few folks out there. You know like, what it is? Who, 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 who. When it comes to like um black folks. When it comes to black folks and you, you see them in high positions and they doing a lot of damage, remember, when you see a black image in high position doing damage, they're actually doing more damage than the white man doing it. Because we 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 understand why white men do it, but when we see ourselves doing it, it's, it's, it's more on a higher level. It's, like, it's very sickening. So to me, I take more issue with um, a person that shares the same similar complexion or, or, or biology that as me, going out there doing some things to tear up our community even further. Like what Ben Carson did with um, messing up the HUD. I understand that I understand that a lot of people um, is living off housing and they're not working and stuff, but that's not everybody's but, case. But he's a coon. That's a difference. That's, he's a house Negro. That's a coon. <laughs> it's a difference from canceling out somebody that's been for us all this fucking time. Yes. Ice Cube been, yes. Ice Cube yeah, been right. for the floors. You understand what I'm saying? If it wasn't for fucking Ice Cube, we wouldn't have been saying yeah. fuck the police and all Hello. that other shit. Hello. So just because you, you don't... You make one mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so just because you don't understand... Just because you failed to understand what the brother was talking about, you canceled him based off of some bullshit that you've seen on social yeah. media. We don't do research. Hello. We, don't we listen to well. Fox News. We don't even listen to Fox News. We listen to TMZ. We listen to fucking <laughs> Shade Room on IG. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That's where people get their news yes. from and then they run with it. You understand? Without We don't take the time to understand why we did this or or, or look at the root. Right. We don't take we don't take the time to look at the root for our own shit. So we definitely not gonna do it for and, a, and a celebrity. Listen, always. But people like him that intense. put in the work to always be very vocal about the black community. I give people like that a pass when they when I feel that they made a mistake. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say oh, get rid of him because he screwed up this one time. No, because he he always, he did what he thought is best for his abilities with his opinion on how he think things should be handled. So I'm not going to flip on him because I think he made a mistake on his, on his timing. I'm not going to flip on him about it because remember Yeah, we not going to do that cuz we we know better. You understand? Right. But I'm I'm speaking of the vast majority. This shit has been happening since since I I can I can yeah. say Nina yeah. Simone you understand? Nina Simone was so I love me some Nina cool. Simone. So that's that's why I'm mentioning her. But if you watch her story, mm-hmm. um, you'll see how basically the lack of support and the love from all her own people is ultimately what killed her. 
She mm. was so she was so involved in, in understanding. She understood who she was as a black woman, but her her gift was to make other people understand who they were and how to love themselves. That was her biggest thing. She sung about it. She lived it. She breathed it. That was fucking who Nina Simone was. But the moment that we got out of the the I'm black and I'm proud movement. And we went from the Afros and the Dashikis. Then we went to the perms. Then we went to um, putting different color hair in our hair. Then we went, the, the whole shit moved. The whole shit, the division kicked in, per se. Mm-hmm. Where we was in I'm black and I'm proud no more. We fighting, we killing one another. We went from the civil rights. We went from the Dick Gregory, we went from uh, the Malcolm X, we went from being united to divided like a motherfucker. That killed I that woman's soul. Mm. There, there's, there's, yeah, so, so, you know, I've experienced that myself where I've had to fall back um, years ago up in around Trayvon Martin and, and I don't know if y'all remember a uh, Sean Bell. Um, yep. Sean oh, Bell is actually wow. my third cousin. Oh, wow. Yes. So he is the reasoning behind Bring Back Our Kings and the reasoning why I've been trying to accomplish what I have been trying to do. Um, I definitely feel the need for Black men voices Mm-hmm. to be out there. I definitely feel the need for Black men to lead their family, to lead their neighborhoods, and to start respecting their woman and stop live, leaving us behind. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that, that that's the majority, but it's, as far as I'm concerned, even if it was right. one person doing it, that's too much. Right. But um, and I lost train of thought because I, I just had a little bit of emotion going on with Sean Bell. But um, during that time, I think my son was like, my son was like one years old and his father name is Sean. And it, it definitely hit home really hard for me. And, and I remember being out there so hard so hard like getting getting arrested and and yelling at the popo and mm. just being rebellious yeah. you understand what i'm saying right. and my mother and other family members had to stop me in my tracks was just like shana listen if you don't stop going down the road that you're going down you're gonna eventually wind up dead and and then your people ain't really gonna have your back somebody gonna take out a camera and record your ass getting killed and and then that'll be the end That's of you, true. and then you'll just be another mm-hmm. hashtag. So when and it's 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 so unfortunate. And I, I mentioned Nina Simone because that's exactly what happened to her. She was so enthusiastic with teaching our people who they are. You know, we're more than a color. Uh go dig up your roots. We right. are we are brilliant and things of that nature. And then all of a sudden. The same people that she's fighting for no longer gives a shit about her. They wasn't supporting her, her movement. They wasn't. They was. They actually blackballed her. Um, and, right, and she she eventually had to move out of the country just to keep wow. <laughs> just to keep living. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, a lot of us, 
and and back me up on here because I'm I'm losing track a little bit, but I, I say that to say that we don't even in 2020, mm-hmm. we still don't we of still course. doing the same shit. Yeah. With the same results. You ever you ever notice when it comes um, to um like black celebrities and and like for example brother uh Farrakhan I, I I like Farrakhan I'm not a Muslim or nothing like that but I like what he's been doing he he cleaned up the streets a lot of streets he cleaned up and cleaned up neighborhoods teach people better good values and stuff like that I might not agree with the religion that he follows but I agree with his message as far as making helping black people become more productive and peaceful I'm all for that message the issue I have with it is that it seems as though everybody that become a celebrity, white leaders always asking black celebrities to condemn Farrakhan. But when it comes to all these crazy uh, white leaders that do all this craziness, um, hmm. nobody has to condemn them. I don't understand it. It's, it's just it's so one-sided. What white leaders? Name one white leader. That's what I mean by leaders. People that have done it I won't say they have their life our life in their hand, but they can put a legislation out to destroy us and make our situation a lot worse. A lot of people say politics is important. It's very important because when yeah. you see redlining in the neighborhood and a lot of changes, in- Absolutely. I got politics in front. So I see yes. how fucked up things look. And excuse me for saying it because I can't think of a better word. How messed up the neighborhood is because of the legislation that's being passed on a local level. Now, local, I don't know much. Nah, it's fucked up. Huh? It ain't messed up. It's fucked up. Right. On the federal level, it's just totally different. Like federal level, yeah, some things will trickle down to you, but those politicians on the local level, those state senators and those and those governors, you got to hold them accountable. And the, and the problem is, people work off their so they work off their emotions yep. more than keeping count of what he's doing for the people, like. There's no reason why that Lindsey Grand guy should have got reelected. I'm irritated about that. When all those people in South Carolina, they get screwed over after screwed over. But Lindsey Graham is so smart. All he has to do is go around giving people hugs and kisses. And guess what? He got votes. <laughs> and then, you know, some of it is a, 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 a racial uh, motivation uh, factor in there. Some people are just racist, so they vote for that reason. But you got a few people that vote for him. Because of the fact that right. he gave he he came to your party or something, or he gave you a hug, or or he did one little good thing. Because remember, all bad politicians they do a few good things here and there just to try to make themselves look relevant. But on the back end, right, self, self, yeah. You said the key word, self. They're selfish, like I like I explained to you. And I'm only going to mention Trump on this platform one more time because he's not getting no free promotion from me. But he is definitely an individual. He's a perfect example for what you just said. He's a selfish individual. When things don't go his way, it's like, it's like, fuck the country, fuck everything else. You understand? He's an opportunist. People are getting it twisted that he's not a, are saying that he's not a racist because he has rubbed shoulders with with a lot of successful black was, people. No, yeah, he's only he, done that for the betterment of himself. Be- yep. Right. To get to get his shit to a, a certain level. So we gotta understand, we gotta start, we gotta stop looking at the problem and look through shit. I don't I don't understand where we've become so nonchalant where we don't 
where we just don't seek the truth. I've, I've always been a person to question everything, even even as far as elementary school. You understand what I'm saying? Halloween. Why are we spending the day in class worshiping the devil? If you don't want to teach me, you can call my mother and I can go home. That's Shana. All 24-7. Oh, I'm going to my grandmother's house. Why do you have a picture of white Jesus on your wall? And I got my ass whipped a couple of times because I knocked it off her wall. They think Jesus is white. Like, oh, I, I, I know that. I know that. What you're saying so, is exactly facts. I, I, I say, yo, I remember I tried to, it was one of the old, my old customers. I mean, she was, she's very spiritual and she always talk about, uh, you know, religion and all that. I don't like to do that at work because I work for the government. That's not really good practice for us, but I'm friendly with my customers and I knew them for a long time. So when she was talking about Jesus and stuff like that, and then she was like, yeah, and then she has a picture of Jesus in her house. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I was like, Curtis, don't say nothing. Shut up, Curtis. Stop it. Don't say it. She said, why, why you got, why Look that color. Why does he look like a white guy? And she's like, "Excuse me." She's like, "That that is Jesus. That's how Jesus would look if he, you know, if he was still alive. He look." I said, "No, that's. I don't think so." I said, "The Bible scripture states, you know, his description and all that." And she was like, oh. "But they have it in there, they you know." And, and it, it irritates me because it's like, you know what it is? They've been given. They've been told that was Jesus for so long that now it's embedded in them, where even. Facts in front of them is irrelevant to them, mm -hmm. so that's why I learned not to fight with older people when it comes to that. Because I love, I love <laughs> I'm not gonna go hard with the Bible, no, you like that. I love that good movie. things in the Bible, but they also got some bad things in the Bible. That's just my opinion, everybody's opinion is different. I don't fight people, I don't go back and forth, I don't judge, but some stuff people right. will try to say, Oh, you need to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost in order to understand the Bible. No, you don't. Some stuff is in plain English where you can clearly understand, like Exodus. But we're not gonna go. We're gonna get out the subject. Uh, I don't want to piss anybody. <laughs> right. We we are here to speak about life coaching. If you want to worship a Jesus, a God that is orange and he looked like he's been on Sesame Street, God be with you. Good for you. I'm dead. That's not our issue. As long as you have faith and you're be and you're doing the right thing by people, yeah, we wish you the best. If you don't want to seek the truth, that's on you. But that's another topic. We've actually already talked about that. <laughs> Episode three, Anchor FM. We're on Spotify, Google, iTunes. Check it out. But tonight. We're talking about life coaching. All right, go on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Shayna was getting hot. She said, don't take me back to that place. I'm starting to have flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> My you hand is shaking. You're trying to promote Trump. <laughs> she said no more. Bro, I'm not giving, I'm not giving those it's people. So, it's so hard, though, because he's so... He's one guy that's always doing something like this. Bruh, it's so you go to sleep, you did 10 it's things while you were asleep that can probably mess things up in the future for your future people. So it's like, he's relevant and doing damaging, like oh, like the executive order that we talked about last time. It's, it's I don't know, man. I'm just... <laughs> Bruh, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? So back to life coaching yeah. with Dolly George Harris. So yeah. We're gonna wait, wait, we're gonna reframe that. Everything we just said, we're gonna reframe it. You know why? 
because even though the devil was in the White House, it has forced yep. us to come together as a collective. To Absolutely. Would it, if you even look at everything that happened these past four years as it pertains to Donald Trump, we could reframe all of that, right? We already know he a devil. We already know that his people that follow him uh, have a very skewed perception as to who we are as a people. And um, if you reframe that and look at all the good things that came from him actually being in office, that's a, it's a plus. Right. It forced us to, uh, to have to depend on each other as a community more. It forced people to have to start their own businesses to learn more about the history and where they come from. So there's a lot of good that came out of this for a particular group of people because now we have grown a dependency as a village to, to really call on one another to show up in ways that we probably didn't before because we just wasn't recognizing this huge uh, gap that's still within uh, this country, which is this whole racism thing. It, it never right. went nowhere. This was just, right. uh, it was covert, right? Right, I call 2020 the year of revealing, the true oh, awakening. Yeah. You understand what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think, hopefully, you know, him being in office has shown a lot of people that we can't be dependent on the government. We can't be dependent on, on them protecting us as far as whether it's financially, physically, mentally, we can't depend on them. Just like you said, it, it, we have to depend on ourselves and we, we have to seek deeper spiritually, whether it's religion, but it ain't the government. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, you see that they are not a, a people, period, that that, I, that we are not they they main concern, in other words. I hear a, a couple of people say that he was the chosen one, that he needed to be in, in that position in this particular time. You're absolutely right. Whether it, it was for the good or the bad, we should learn from Donald Trump being in office. But go ahead, Seth. Right. And I agree. I, and also, what I would like to point out is the fact that uh, a lot of times when you see behavior like what he's displayed, right? You often don't want to pay attention to that because it's hoopla. What you want to pay attention to is how people respond or react to it, right? Right. Because then that'll tell you where this this undercurrent of all this hatred, it, where, where it derives from, right? We have a tendency as people to put our insecurities on other people, right? So a lot of time when you see people raging against someone, or if they have an, um, such a difference of opinion or a strong feeling against somebody else, it's because we are, that's us rejecting that part of ourselves that we no longer like or want to identify with, right? Right. So if, if I, if in my former life, if I was loose, right, as a female, and I don't, and I, and, and I really don't identify with that anymore, but I see that in another young female, and I'm portraying like this, like I'm so pissed off. Oh, why is she doing that? And I'm just going off. It's because subconsciously I'm connecting how she's behaving with how I once was. 
and I'm being faced with a mirror and people don't like that. So America right. right now has a mirror held up to them. And Donald Trump is the exact representation of everything that this country has been from the beginning. And we don't like right. it. Right. You know, people, you know, the truth makes people um, uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know that. So uh, again, him being in the position that he is in has unraveled again the truth. You know what? Whether it's our own personal truths or mm -hmm. the truths about what's going on in this country with the emails and Russia and China and and like I said, period is is the it's the rude awakening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that needed needed to happen but like i was saying earlier i don't i don't feel like we should be focusing too much on him i do know that the government has the power to enforce a lot of things but you know me and you both we was raised up in communities where we governed ourselves we took That's care right. of one another and you know whatever we didn't have whether whatever any children didn't have in the neighborhood or the parents, you know, we had elders um, in the community that looked out for us. You know, they would take us out of the, the, the hood, take us to trips. Um, we mm -hmm. had people like Mr. Johnson and, and Miss Thelma Boyd. I don't know if you remember uh -huh. them. Yep. Right, right. <laughs> you know, whatever your parents was lacking, whether it was food, clothes, and they still have, they still have people there to this very day that are are still doing the same thing, but it's not a collective. We're not unified. Right. It's probably one or two people that's, that's doing it. We've become a selfish people. Mm -hmm. um, but to piggyback back on um, life coaching, health coaching, I know you was getting into uh, basically the trauma and how we have to hold ourselves accountable and 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 once we deal with that we'll be better off so could you could you go back a little bit into that in depth yeah so basically in order to to heal any trauma that we've gone through as a people we have to confront the source right, right? and a lot of times that source may be our parents or our grandparents and confronting them doesn't necessarily mean disrespecting them and that's why i think a lot of people get caught up at right you don't want to confront your past because you feel like if you do that, you're dishonoring your ancestors or your elders. And that's not necessarily true. We have Man, to they don't think we disrespecting them either way. Me and you had this right. conversation. We could say boo to yes. our parents that they'll think we're being disrespectful, <laughs> but it's something that needs to be had. And ahead. it's a generational thing, right? It's a generational thing because what they've been taught is children are to be seen and not heard right so when you are raised like that you you're not technically raised with a voice right? right and then you teach your kids you probably teach your kids the same thing right but when you are someone like us who wants different right you don't you don't necessarily want to uh continue on that cycle but you probably don't have the tools to give to your children, right? You want them to be vocal. You want them to have a voice. You want them to be free. But you don't necessarily come from a place of freedom, so you don't know how to get that to them. But that comes with confronting your past. You have to. 
Right. You have to you have to be brave enough and bold enough to say, hey, you know, I wasn't given the opportunity to be a hundred percent authentically me because you forced me to build up this wall and be so guarded because of how you were raised, instead of realizing that I'm an individual. Right. right. I have emotions, I have feelings, I have things that I want to do with my life that don't necessarily align with how you were raised and how you were trying to raise me. Mm -hmm. When I needed you to nurture that, you weren't emotionally available. Right. right? There's a difference between being a provider and being a great parent. For sure. And that's why I think the generation before us got a little tripped up. Yeah, y'all got, y'all went to school, y'all probably had a trade, Y'all got a, a job with the city. Y'all was able to provide greatly, right? We never want for nothing. We didn't know that we was broke if you, even if we was. That's dope. But where were you? You were there, but you weren't present. Right. So right. when the and ball got dropped, you didn't pick it up. So now we need you to pick it up. That's all. For sure. For sure. And I, I seen, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I seen... Uh, post on Facebook yesterday his brother put up uh, your parents let me make sure I'm getting it right I believe he he put up your parents are not responsible for you they did their job mm. so <laughs> it, it goes back exactly to what you said you know just because you provided me with shelter mm -hmm. and food the basics essentials you understand what I'm saying right. I didn't we didn't ask to be here. Our children didn't ask to Amen. be here. So you're expected to do the basic essentials. But are you are you there emotionally? Are you there physically? Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So that's something that that's the perfect reasoning why myself I moved from New York City. Mm -hmm. Um because it's it's a city that never sleeps. I was working what, 12 to 13 hours a day, you know, leaving the house seven o'clock in the morning, getting my son to school. And then he would already do like an eight to four type of type of deal. And then because I was working late or stuck in traffic, I was working all the way in Midtown and lived in the Bronx. You understand what I'm saying? I had to put him in an after school setting. And then sometimes I wouldn't be able to make it either his father or my mother had to go and pick him up. So there was so much that I was missing in Jeremiah's life because I was a provider. You understand the full-time provider I was making the money, but I was, I wasn't there to, to experience him growing up. So, mm -hmm. so now we're in a pandemic and, and I already had set myself up from working at home Last year, mm -hmm. um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, and and now that she is <laughs> about to be one pretty soon, and I'm still working at home with the businesses and things of that nature, mm -hmm. every day when she does something, I'm just like, yo, I, I feel a certain way because I don't remember my son doing these things because I wasn't there. Right. Um, and so I'm Right, right. Um, and, and I know he looks at me like, damn, uh, you really wasn't there. You know, you was like at work being the provider, um, like you did, but 
you know, it, it all goes back to what you say with, with Donald Trump. Like, we needed this to happen. We needed to be at home with our children. We right. needed to be home with our husbands and wives mm-hmm. and with our family. And then as far as the COVID-19 is, is, is concerned, yes, it's a bad thing. However, whatever, how it got here. It's here. You understand what I'm saying? But the separation from the family should have allowed you to work on self. Right. You understand? And and dig deeper into who you truly are. And then in the process of that, you finding out things about you and, and you should be rebuilding with your immediate family or the ones that are apart from you because of the pandemic. You understand? Right. That you, you understand? So it all ties in together. So with all the deaths and, and things that we've experienced, job loss and things of that nature, this year has actually been one of my best years thus far. Um, right. and, 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 and I invite people not to look at the bad, look at the good. You understand? We're dealing with a, tra- a tragedy as far as the virus is concerned, right? Yes. But we are still we still have the ability to be in our house. Right. We still have the ability to be with our loved ones. These not things, only these, that, your your ability now, like you said, to go back to being an herbalist, like you said in one right. of our conversations before, right? That's something that you probably wouldn't dug into had you not been uh yes. in the situation that you in now, right? Trying to figure out a natural remedy that comes from earth in order to help uh, people build their immune system. That's something you wouldn't even thought about. For sure. Right. So we got to we got to learn to take the good with the bad. Every time right. something bad happens in your life, always see what is the lesson that I'm supposed to be learning. Always yes. look for the lesson. Do not be distracted by the bad. The bad is a distraction. That's all that is. It's to get yes. you riled up, get you angry, and to be out here acting a fool. Where there's confusion, there's the devil. Understand that. Right. Anything of God is not confusing. It's clear. It's called clarity for a reason. Right. Okay. We just choose to, to overlook it or you know, whatever, whatever. All the time. Because it's easier. It's easier to get to get riled up and angry, right? It's easier to go outside and to do exactly what people expect you to do. When Hold you on one minute, darling. Okay. Hold on one minute. You gotta. My daughter be screaming like, <laughs> like somebody choking her. She said, I just want mommy loving attention. Oh my goodness. I don't know what, how much more I can give her. So. You know what somebody told me? Uh, when I was, I, I did a parenting class, right? Uh, before I moved down here to Mar- Maryland. Because of course, I'm not a perfect parent and I do need help. And I will admit when I need help. So I did a parenting class in Harlem. And one thing uh, they told me was, imagine if you was a baby, right? Imagine how babies feel. They can't speak to you in English. And every time they have the itch, they cry. They hungry, they cry. They got a burp, they cry. And we as parents are so impatient because we have so many things going on in our life that we brush it off. We tell the baby, oh, won't you hush up? We get an attitude like they bothering us, not realizing that's that only child's way of communicating to us that something is wrong and they're in need. Can you imagine having an itch for hours and your parent not realizing 
that she had an itch and you just wanted them to scratch it. <laughs> Isn't that something? That is that is something that uh, I had to realize that gave me patience when it comes to my children. They don't have the tools to communicate how we will communicate with one another. So I had to learn to be patient, if that makes any sense. Hello? Can you hear me? I hear you now, sir. Yes. So she already has instilled patience in me, but it's just like, can I wash my ass? Can I brush my teeth? <laughs> Can I do my, work on my, on my phone? Can I do something? Can I step outside to breathe? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's a lot, but it's it's all a learning process, and it's it's all things that we have to learn, and when it comes to dealing with each other too, right? Right. We don't we don't all communicate the same, and uh, we don't all comprehend the same. So it's mm. it's a matter of being patient. I remember I told you that one time we was having a conversation about um. We was talking about uh, how we identify as a people. And I think I told you something to the effect of not everyone reaches the same level of consciousness at the same time. We got to be right. patient, right? Because it's, it's true. Not everyone uh, is, is uh, they're not, they're not uh, thrown into certain situations that have them uh, adapting to things a certain way, right? They look right. at things differently. You know, people have different experiences. Some people grew up differently and they'll reach their level of consciousness when they get there. There's nothing wrong with us uh, educating one another, but we got to be patient with how people receive that that information and, and understand that they'll have they'll have their time. They have their time and they'll be like, oh, okay, now I see what it is. Now yeah, let me- Yeah, but one thing me... that we don't do is we don't, we don't disagree respectfully. You understand? Just because you don't understand what I, where I'm coming from or where I try to say, all you got to do is say, well, sis, well, bro, I'll look into it. Thank you for sharing that information with me. You could possibly right. say, I don't, but you know, with the, within the last couple of days, I've, I've really seen the ignorance come out of our people. And I'm just like, the last couple of days, <laughs> the last couple of years, I'm, I'm being nice the last couple of years, but more so, with with my own peers that I thought was awakening on a whole different level. You understand what I'm saying? Like one particular brother, he put up a post saying we need to refrain from calling each other kings and queens and bosses because we don't we don't own anything and we're not really entrepreneurs. Mm. So, so I mean we should bow our head and cower in fear and not right to a higher standard. That don't make sense. Right. So I was like, shall we continue to call each other niggas and thoughts? I was like, <laughs> I highly took offense to it because, you know, that's if we if we don't have exactly what we need, we are here to educate one another and help each other on how to get those things. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So right. within the comments, one of the brothers and this went like 30 comments deep and then I truly had to pull back from it because then I had I understood that he really didn't know. You understand his words. Right. Uh, he right. he basically went into saying, "Well, 
his he's from Africa and he was he was uh he's an immigrant uh and and he doesn't consider himself royalty because he wasn't born into royalty and we don't have kings and queens that I exist and that and that we're not bosses and that we 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 have to work hard for what we need to accomplish in in earth and we're in the world and that's pretty much it so i was trying to make him understand like do you not even know the basics of where we come from as far as cairo you like kings and queens in egypt if if you just study egypt you understand mm -hmm. we were we were originally from that our our history did not start with slavery um, and we and it it's, and we all don't come from Africa. You understand what I'm saying? But I won't go into too depth of that. But the way that he was speaking about himself and not even having a problem with it, I literally had to recap his message. Like, okay, so now <laughs> you're saying that you're an immigrant, that you have no self value, that you have no self worth, that you are an immigrant. Like the people that they call immigrants, sis, are not really immigrants. Like we were here. You understand? We were taken. Right. A lot of us are. Uh, a lot of our ancestors were taken from where we built this, this. This we built this country. You understand what I'm saying? So it was all about the verbiage, the verbiage, the verbiage. Right. And I right. dissected it, and then went once I clarified. I did something different instead of instead of shutting him down immediately. I fell back and I looked at what he wrote, and I'm just like. He truly doesn't understand it. He said, my mindset is dangerous because I think I'm entitled to too much. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, no, brother, your way of thinking is dangerous because you don't have self-worth. You don't have self-knowledge. I was like, you, we can't continue this and break generational curses. You're going to, we're going to bring up a whole nother generation who doesn't consider themselves anything because of these type of conversations. So right. it was, it was quite interesting and it was shocking to me okay. to hear now, people. Now look at this. Now I'm sorry to cut you off. I had to, I had to, cause I have to remember this now. Now you, you telling me his, his part, and his perception, or, or your perception of what he's saying, it lets me know that y'all from two different worlds, right? Right. You're speaking as a woman who is melanated in America. He's speaking as a man who comes from that country that we're speaking of, right? From our mm. motherland. Right. And he may not have necessarily been taught the same values, right? We're coming from a place of deprivation where we have been deprived of growing up where our roots are. So when we seek knowledge to, to find out who we are as a people, we probably go a little deeper than what he is being taught growing up there, right? When an immigrant comes to America, they come here with this false sense of having an American dream, right? Right. In all actuality, we as people who are born in this country make it so people that come here from their countries can have that American dream. Right. Everything that everyone experiences here when it comes to success is because of the blood, sweat, and tears of the people whose ancestors had to go from riches to rags. Not rags to riches. It was the other way around. We went from right. being 
royalty to being slaves. Right. From having substance to having none and being devalued and belittled and berated and having everything snatched from us. But he doesn't come from that cloth, so he wouldn't never understand it. The same way you don't come from where he comes from, so you wouldn't understand his mindset. Right. You understand? And that's where the miscommunication happens because we have language barrier. Okay? Right. He's he's speaking to you his experience and why he feels we shouldn't uh, uh, deem ourselves kings and queens and, and blah, blah, blah. And you're saying, are you bugging? <laughs> right. Do you not understand? <laughs> oh, do you not understand? Right. But you know, every, have... with most of my conversations like that, I'm providing sources. I'm like, yo, check this out. Check the cause. I even gave the brother con- like amendments, amendments mm-hmm. to read in the constitution. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing articles mm-hmm. with him to educate himself about it, but he didn't want to do that. He continuous he continuously tried to insult insult my character per se. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid just because you fail to understand where I'm coming from. You understand what I'm right. saying? So you know, I, I could have took it another route, but I, I like I said, I truly fell back and I was just like, yo, he truly don't, he just don't get it. And you can't force somebody who truly don't understand, but that's where the, the problem lies is where we fail to under to understand certain things. We fail to be open-minded um, about a lot and of things. We're willfully ignorant. We're right. willfully ignorant. So and it's all because you want to be comfortable. You don't want to, you don't want to have to deal with the real, because if you deal with the real, that's gonna have to force you into an uncomfortable space, right? Right. Because now the now the shield and the, the the veil has been lifted. Right. And you can no longer act a certain way. You can no longer go out there and and be uh, who you were before the veil was lifted. You have to act accordingly. And people For don't sure. want to move like that. They just want to be comfortable. They're like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, put myself out there like that. I don't want to have to change my ways. I don't want to have to correct people when I see wrong. I don't want to have to correct myself right. <laughs> if I'm doing wrong. They want to just keep living in bliss. That's why I say ignorance is bliss. Right. Well, I refuse to accept that any anymore. I, I think we we need to to stop making excuses for one another. You understand? What I'm saying the information is out there. Where the information is not hidden. We're not a people right. where we're not allowed to read or not allowed to seek who we truly are. You understand what I'm saying? So right. I, I I shared this with, with our brother Curtis um not too long ago, you know, and you and you said it to me, I believe too, or or another sister about you know correcting each other when it comes to the verbiage. You yes. know, just because yes. it's not That's what I said. yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm not gonna be responsible for teaching um, each other each other the wrong thing. You understand what I'm saying? I have to correct myself mm-hmm. consistently um, about who I am and, and things of that nature because you're surrounded with with other people who are saying it a certain way and you know that it's not the right way. So, mm-hmm. 
it is what it is. Yeah. Um, all I can say is we can continue to uh, just, all we can do is just continue to be great. Um, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, 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 and pretty much that's it. And, and have these type of conversations. These conversations is, is definitely needed. Um, right. The dialogue has to be there and it can't be one-sided. It has to be us listening as, as, as much as we're doing talking. Right. We have to really break this language barrier that we have with our brothers and sisters who don't come from where we, where we come from. And we have to understand that their circumstance is different than our circumstance. I remember speaking to this young lady when I was, mm-hmm. um, I was going to my friend's church in the Bronx. Uh, and it was late at night and she was like a visitor. It was like a, uh, I, I guess you call it like a Bible study. She was a visitor from England. And I remember her saying, wow, you know, guys, I noticed like a huge difference when I traveled from the Bronx to like midtown Manhattan. I said, really? And what did you notice? She said, it's like huge classism. I said, you call it classism? She said, yeah, we have that in England a lot. We don't call it racism like you guys. It's classism. It's always rich against the poor. I said, that's really interesting that you had that perception. Right. Because to me, all of that derives from racism, period. Because mm-hmm. do you see droves of African-Americans and Hispanics living in Midtown? No. You no. see it probably about 5% because they got that, what's that, what's the, the, the law that Trump trying to get it, do away with now? The, the Housing Act, right? Where right. You, they have to, they have to have at least a certain percentage of, um, low-income families staying in these new high-rises they got going up. Right. Yeah. So you don't, that, that's, that comes from racism. It comes from redlining. It's just, it's just they put a new spin on it to make it sound fancy. Right. <laughs> you know what's, what's the word she used? Classism? <laughs> yeah, classism. She said over there, it's classism. She said, we don't really deal with racism because there's a lot of interracial couples in England, which could probably be true. There's probably a lot right. of mixed people in, in England. That don't mean it ain't racist. Right. <laughs> that, don't, right. that don't mean it ain't racist. Just right. because there's a lot of mixed babies. It it all comes from that. When when you want to talk about uh uh the Moors right. and how they viewed them over there. How they viewed over there. They not viewed as royalty. <laughs> so what do you call that? Right. So you know, it's just it's just, it's, it's a it's a difference in, in uh how we view things based on our experience, and then the language barrier got to be broken. There got to be an understanding of this may not be how you see it, but this is how it is for a lot. This of is people. what it and is because right. right, and this is not this is just because you're not probably experiencing the same trunk uh the same uh uh what's the word the same uh traveling. The same trials that someone else is experiencing doesn't mean that it don't exist. Right. Right. It it may not be our our story, but it doesn't mean that someone else isn't going through that. So we have to be cognizant of that and um and learn to just listen to one another is so important. We have to listen to each other. We have to listen to each other's pain. And we have to understand uh that people process things differently. Right. And that will solve a lot of our issues. And we just learn how to communicate. Everything don't have to be a screaming match. Everything don't have to be, well, I'm right and you wrong. 
It don't have to be that. It could be wow, that's crazy. You experienced that, right? Well, this is based on right. right. Like this is just this is. I'm I'm just speaking respectfully from my point of view. This is just what it is, you know. And then when you if you do that and you notice somebody's being combative just for the sake of being combative because they want to be right, leave the conversation alone. They're not they're not ready to receive what you're trying to say. They just want to argue, right? And that's them. That has nothing to do with you. That's that person. They and they heart, they feel like they're right, and they haven't gotten to a place where they're ready to reconcile and ready to move forward and, and make things right between us and for any situation. Let that person be where they at so they're ready to grow. And that's just the bottom line. You for understand? Sure. People, Dolly, how can they get your services? How can they gain access to, to your group on Facebook? All right, so if anybody wants to reach out to me, anybody want to send me an email, follow me, uh, request my services, you can visit me at on Instagram at Dolly Z Coach. That's T-H-E-E-Z, Dolly Z Coach underscore 85 on Instagram. You can visit my Facebook page at Give Voice to the Village. If you want to follow me on Twitter, which is not much action on there, but if you want some motivation and you want to see me post my runs or some uh, motivational quotes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dolly Z Coach. Again, that is T H E E Dolly Z Coach. You can email me if you want to schedule uh, a free consultation with me. Email me at Dolly Z Coach at gmail.com. Dope, dope, dope. Thank you. Share your information because I know it got to be some people out there. <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't communicate with me, but hopefully they communicate with you because you are the professional, and that'd be nice, you know. Right. Yes, please right. And, and, and again, it's dope that you know, like I said, she's authentic, she's real, and she we, we can relate. That's the the number one thing that people gotta feel relatable to. They gotta feel like they can um. No, she's dope. She's dope. I thank you so much for joining the pod tonight. Was there anything else you wanted to ask uh, Dolly, um, Brother Curtis? Brother Curtis? Like we in church? Brother Curtis? Don't hurt me now, okay? Don't hurt me now, okay? Yes, so... I, I, well, I, I don't have really a question. I just wanna, I just wanna congratulate you again because I think you're doing good, good work. You're doing God work, and I'm glad that we got people like you out there that's trying to support, you know, supporting our people and putting them in a better position so they can be more productive. So uh, what you do is very important, and from the bottom yeah. of my heart, I'm just very excited that we got people like you out there. You give hope alive for a lot of us, and it just makes me feel more confident that one day. A lot of us is gonna be in a better position, you know. So I'm just happy for the success that you uh the things you're doing and stuff. Yes, and I just wanna say something. I wanna thank y'all for inviting me on your platform. It has yes. been the dopest time. Sure. Curtis, my brother trying. moving forward to educating these young brothers, please. Because we, we have to we have to make sure that we are doing than no. our elders did for us. Somebody dropped the ball, baby. Yeah. Somebody dropped the yeah. ball. And we gotta we gotta pick it back up. And it's okay. That's it's it. Okay. We're not is, is it, is it, is it. hopefully this is not gonna be the the the, the, uh, the last time we hear from you. <laughs> oh no. Whenever y'all want me back part ten part two, part four, part eight. Listen, maybe 
maybe one day, maybe one day we could do a live session. That could be like a, a quick, a quick joint joint. If one of y'all ain't scared, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, be, uh, that's that's a live session, right? Live there. session. And um, I guess one yeah, day when sure. whenever you are ready, we also could do a. Everybody's so popular with the Zoom. I don't know which one is better. Platform is better than that, like a visual video one. Maybe one day we'll do Zoom. I don't know. You know, I'm right. I actually was. I told Shana this a while ago, and why I haven't uh, moved to do it yet is beyond me. But I actually wanted to put together a Zoom where we discuss. A lot of the stuff that we spoke about today, I just want to get people on a path of thinking and uh, organizing their plans and goals and um, to help them through right. that. And I wanted to do like a, a whole Zoom thing where it's a women's session of, of 20 women and then have a men's session. I don't want to mix the two because sometimes women, they talk about things uh, when they're vulnerable that they don't feel comfortable talking about in front of men. And sometimes men, the same thing. So I want to be respectful of everyone. And um, I'm, I'm going to hold good. that space. And then maybe... So, maybe I'm going to say soon. That sounds good. I think I would, I think I would like to do one where it's a, a panel of men mm -hmm. and women. Because um, we have to learn how to get comfortable with each other. As far as I'm concerned, we're not yeah. winning no type of war unless we kill a war between Absolutely. each other. You but first, we got to get comfortable with ourselves. Yeah. Women identify. Yeah, for women. Sure. So we, first we have to say, sister, we got to pull each other's coat first, adjust each other's crown, and once we are open to hearing what our brothers have to say, then we could join forces and kill this thing. This has been another presentation from Bring Back Our King. I think Miss Dolly George Harris. The Absolutely. best life coach Thank out you. there for coming on our platform tonight. And Curtis, it's always been a pleasure, King. Thank I you. hope you both enjoy it. All right, it. take it easy. Everybody have a Thank blessed you. night. Have a good night, guys.